Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, brought to you by PolyScience. This is Patricia Miller, Managing Editor for Cannabis and Tech Today. In today's episode, we sit down with Alice Moon, a former edibles reviewer turned publicist. Her world turned upside down when she began experiencing the symptoms of cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome, an illness doctors believe is caused by heavy cannabis use. She joins us today by phone to recount her experience. I know you were working as an edible reviewer uh, for many years, and now you've moved into PR, but how did you first become interested in in the cannabis space? Um, I had started trimming. Um, so, like, I was working as a waitress at a restaurant, and the hostess, like, mentioned that she was um, a trimmer, and I was like, that sounds pretty cool. And so then I just I started doing that, and I immediately, like, wanted to be a bud tender, and, and the person I was trimming for owned a dispensary, and um, when I had told him I wanted to be a bud tender, and he was like, oh, well, you know, we're fully staffed, and then about an hour later, he got a phone call that their bud tender was stealing from them, and was caught on camera, no. <laughs> so then um, I got hired as a bud tender, and I really um, quickly got, like, uh, educated on all the medicinal benefits of it, and that is really what, like, drove my passion in the industry and like why I have been in it for so long is because I saw the people that were coming in there to buy um, cannabis and like the, all the different types of medicinal purposes it had, you know, like every walk of life. We had old patients, um, you know, people with like cancer, like glaucoma, just all these different things. So that's what really just um, has driven me the whole time. And were you using it medicinally at this point or recreationally? Um, I was like, when I first started, I was using it more in like a recreational way. But then I quickly realized that it helped with my depression and my anxiety. Um, and so I, I was using, I like started using it medicinally and used it medicinally for a long time. Um, you know, it helped me with sleep, anxiety, depression, appetite. It kind of just like became like a... Um, it just did everything for me. <laughs> okay, I can relate to that. I know I started using it for menstrual cramps and... Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, and found that it was very helpful for a lot of other things, that, so I can relate. Um, so, you're as an edible reviewer, you were uh, ingesting cannabis every day, and then you started to feel ill. Can you kind of tell me about the journey from the first time you thought something might be wrong? Um, yeah, so I had started, like, randomly throwing up in, um, 2016, and it was, like, just very spur of the moment. I would just puke, and then I would feel better. And was it, um, was it, like, usually just after using, or was it any, any time? Any time. I okay. couldn't find, like, any correlation. Uh, like, it, it wasn't immediately after using. Okay. Um, because I remember quite a few times I was driving when it happened, and I never drive high. Mm. So um, definitely would be, you know, at least like five hours minimum um, uh-huh. afterwards. Um, but yeah, so I would just like randomly throw up. Um, doctors said that I had acid reflux. You know, I definitely had heartburn. Um, and so I changed my diet for a few months, and that didn't help at all. And, um, you know, then I quit drinking because alcohol started affecting me differently. One drink was making me vomit excessively, and I thought, maybe that's just, like, staying in my body and, like, making me really sick, too. 
and um, I didn't get better with that either. And so it progressively got worse and worse. Like my throwing up was, you know, just sporadic and random, and then it started turning into like every few weeks, and then you know every week, and then it became more and more frequent um, to the point where like it became a serious issue. Early 2018, I went to New York with my mom for a vacation, and I was puking on the streets of New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, was it a frozen hot chocolate thing? One of those, like, I don't know, it was that Serendipity 3. It's, like, a notorious thing, um, and that's what I threw up. And, like, looking back on it, you know, now we've learned that there is naturally occurring cannabinoids in chocolate. Mm-hmm. So I was already experiencing, you know, CHS symptoms, and me having that chocolate just, like, set it off. Wow. Wow, that's incredible and horrifying. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't. That's awful. And then, so you went to, you've been going to the doctor at this point, and when you finally were, I know CHS still isn't considered a diagnosis, is that right? Correct, yeah. So, um, yeah, after the New York trip, my mom was like, okay, we have to figure this out. Like, we, this is just, you know, serious, and the doctor I saw actually had a three to six month wait list, like, she's a specialist, um, a GI specialist, and my mom called, and thankfully, she had a cancellation that week, and I really think, you know, the universe was, like, looking out for me, um, because mm-hmm. otherwise, I would have had to wait a very long time, and, um, yeah, you know, the doctor said, quit cannabis for three months, and, um, one of the questions she had asked me was about hot baths, and if I find, uh, relief when I'm taking hot baths, and subconsciously, I had been obsessively taking hot baths, um, you know, that's just, it's something that, like, I, I was just doing that for, like, two years, like, you know, hot baths a lot, and I, I wasn't even correlating the fact that it was helping my nausea, um, mm-hmm. I just, like, knew that I felt really good when I was in the hot bath, and so, you know, she had asked me that question, and, um, said she didn't want to run any tests on my body until I quit using cannabis for a bit, and, I didn't want to hear that. I was like, no, 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 no. Do a bunch of tests. Um, and, uh, yeah, she didn't want to put my body through that. So I said I was going to quit, and I was like, I'm just going to go have one last night of fun. And um, as you read, uh, I went to what I consider my last supper. Um, it was a five-course meal. It was infused, but it was low dose. I think it was only, like, 10 or 15 milligrams about the whole meal. But I was um, smoking as well, and... One of my favorite brands was there, and they have really high THC um, flour, so smoking that. And um, that dinner triggered my first really severe episode of CHS, which lasted 14 days. Mm-hmm. Um, in that time, I went to urgent care twice, and on my second urgent care visit, the doctor was like, we have to get your doctor to run tests on you. And so um, he called in an emergency order with her, so that way she would go and do all the tests and, you know. It did almost every test you could possibly do to my body, and everything came back saying that I was normal. Mm-hmm. So it was like we really we narrowed it down um, and eliminated all the other options. You know, I, the only thing that didn't get done to me was I didn't have a tube stuck up my butt. Like that's legit. Everything else, like they were doing to me, um, and so you know that really drove home the fact that yeah, it it um, it was cannabis and. Um, yeah, those 14 days were an absolute nightmare because, you know, that, this was my first severe episode. wasn't aware of any of this with CHS. Like, wasn't really able to even find answers, and I just I felt like I was dying. 
every day. It was just like, when am I going to stop throwing up? Because it was non-stop throwing up. If I had, like, a small sip of water, I was throwing it up. There was nothing I could hold down. And I even passed out in my front yard one day because I was puking in my front yard because I could no longer hug the toilet. So I was just, like, you know, constantly just, like, having to go there and lay in the grass. And one day, like, a neighbor, they just, like, came up, like, can I help you? And I just, like, burst out into tears because it was, like, no one knows how to help me. There's nothing they could do. Like, I just, I, that was just, like, an extreme um, moment of helplessness. And, you know, the, I spent so much money on food, too. It's, like, ordering delivery every day, trying to just, like, see if there was something I could hold down. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing. 14 days. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was extremely scary. I wish I would have allowed my friend to take a picture of me um, because she was like you know you really need to document this but I was just so like embarrassed by how deathly ill I looked like I couldn't even look myself in the mirror because it was just really really scary yeah well and how could you have known at that time you know the gravity of what you were going through and that you would wind up talking about it for the next several years you know I mean having that kind of foresight would be (laughs) pretty especially when you're so sick it's true yeah I I um, never expected uh, my career to lead me this way, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, And how much did you feel like your doctors understood cannabis? Or, I mean, did they have to to know about cannabis in order to make this unofficial diagnosis? Um, I don't know the extent of what that doctor knows about it, but she was aware that cannabis can affect the digestive tract. And so, you know, she had mentioned that there is, like, information out there about it messing um, with that. And so, you know, I didn't really fully believe that when she had said it because, you know, we know that it does help with with a lot of things. So it just, at the time, I didn't even fully, like, accept that. Now I do accept it, but um, I haven't gone back to see her, you know, the wait list and then also the cost. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've just seen other doctors since then. Um, And the emergency, uh, the urgent care doctor, he didn't know anything about um, even the difference between CBD and THC, honestly. And he he really didn't seem like he cared at all. Um, Mm -hmm. But at urgent care, all they did was they gave me um, an IV and they gave me um, some anti-nausea medicine. And while I was on the IV, I wasn't throwing up, but I also wasn't like drinking anything um and as soon as I would like leave I would start puking um so the IV was just like a temporary thing and oh that's another thing like the when I got the IV my veins were so like dried up and tripled up it took them over 20 minutes to even get an IV in me um and I am not a needle person at all so I like <sighs> that was just you know another um stressful part of this yes. uh, and that was um, my first episode of three. Of three. Oh, my gosh. How horrifying. And I know you experienced some, um, I guess we can call them side effects of CHS, but really they're sort of a result of the dehydration. But you experienced, was it a hernia and uh, some lesions? or? That was um, after my third uh, my third episode. So the third episode lasted 16 days. I was, um, I had used hemp-derived CBD, so, um, I'll just backtrack a little bit, so after the first episode, I quit using cannabis for three months, 
And um, then I started lightly smoking again, and I was doing pesticide-free weed, just because, you know, everyone's like, it's pesticides, it's pesticides. So I gave that a try, and um, then my symptoms did come back, and that episode only lasted four days. Mm. Um, And then I had taken some CBD during that time, because people were like, just try it, maybe it'll counteract it. And um, I don't know if that CBD did help me have a short episode or not, but that episode was only four days. And so then I used CBD for a few months, and um, right before Christmas, I was flying home, and I was on my period, so I took more CBD than I had been taking, and that had started the 16-day episode, and so that one, I had two urgent care visits, an at-home nurse visit, and then landed in the hospital and um, was hospitalized for four days. And that's when I got two ulcers, a hernia, and a bacteria infection in my gut. Oh, my gosh. Um, and so the, the healing process from that was quite some time, too, because just, like, them having to do an endoscopy, um, you know, and, like, it's just I was I had trouble walking for, like, a week or maybe it was two, two weeks. It was just, I was in so much pain after the fact. Um, but I am happy to say that I've gained 30 pounds since January, and I'm still a very slim person. Um, but like I, you know, finally um, put on uh, I put on more weight than I had even lost. So I'm like got my health like back in order. But uh, oh, you know, that, I was yeah, I was down to 108 pounds, and right mm. now I'm like 135, I think. Um, so uh, and, you know, I'm just, I'm still very skinny, but it it was it's just it's a nightmare syndrome it's so terrible um and i am grateful that you know i was able to even go to urgent care and to the doctor and all that because there's some people who don't have the financial means to do that you know oh my gosh yeah yeah or they wouldn't feel comfortable even discussing the idea of their cannabis use um yeah, which I'm yeah. sure is why this has gone so underreported up until this time. Yeah, you know, people are definitely afraid to talk about it. And um, when I was in the hospital, the doctors, like, they did my emergency room doctor didn't know the difference between CBD and THC. And then they were, like, asking me, like, well, how do you use CBD? And I just, I was trying to even, like, say, hey, this is what's going on with me. But um, the doctors at the hospital they didn't want to hear it, and after the fact, I think it was a good thing because they didn't want to put cannabis um, on my record because then um, the health insurance, it wouldn't have covered my everything it covered. So oh. if they would have, like, diagnosed me with DHS, you know, um, this is it's not, like, a recognized thing yet, my health insurance wouldn't have approved of all the tests that got done. So oh uh, it was actually good that they didn't put the blame on weed, um, and for my hospital stay, um, because, I mean, yeah, it was nonstop tests getting done, uh, there, and I did have to get potassium in my IV once, and, uh, that is the most painful thing that I've probably ever experienced in my life. It was just a shocking pain from my fingertips up to my shoulder, and, like, I was, I was just crying for, like, an hour, um, I, it was, extremely painful and I was at the hospital by myself the whole time but I kind of wanted to be it was just you know when that sick it's kind of it was just embarrassing for me um you know a few days before I was in the hospital like I had to ask a friend to come get me a bath because I was just so weak I couldn't even take a bath and so those things are all like 
be that weak as a human being. So I was just kind of like in the hospital going through that pain of the IV like by myself. And that was like one moment where I was like, dang, maybe I should have just let someone come be here with me, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, that's really isolating. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do think that this syndrome isn't rare. I think it's just not documented. People aren't talking about it to their doctors or, you know, doctors, um, don't know about it. And then another issue is some doctors are too quick to diagnose people with this when they don't actually have it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then there's people who are saying online, well, like I got diagnosed this and then ended up finding out something else wrong, blah, blah, blah. And. So I think it's just so misunderstood and um, you know there's also then a handful of people who've had their gallbladders removed because doctors didn't know about CHS mm -hmm. and so literally organs removed. Um, I've had three people that I've talked to personally um, that have gone through that. Wow that's incredible and you know some doctors may not mention it for the insurance reason like you said which is something that we don't talk about enough but being able to ensure cannabis-related illnesses and cannabis for medicinal purposes is still a big issue. Um, yeah, but that's definitely. that's kind of a whole other tangent. So, but I know you you talked about um, flare-ups, or at least I read about that in the Business Insider article you sent over, um, and said that the condition can cause or syndrome can cause flare-ups that are difficult to predict. Um, Maybe you can help me understand what a flare-up is. Like, would it be when you use cannabis, then it would be a flare-up? Or is that something that can just keep happening for months after you've stopped using it? Um, yeah, so I've never used the verbiage flare-up. Maybe um, the writer Aaron, like, used that with um, part of what I was saying. But Okay. Because um, I, I kind of use the word episode more so, but flare-ups... Okay. Um, there are, so I'm in a Facebook group with thousands of people and I guess what they would define as a flare up is just going through, um, you know, having the symptoms again. Um, since I like, I try very carefully to not, um, to not have any symptoms again, I guess I do still have flare ups. Um, you know, I went to an event the other night where there's a lot of cannabis smoke and mm -hmm. so that made me really nauseous, really burpy and so I put capsaicin cream on my stomach um, and just had to sleep with that on my stomach all night long to ensure that I didn't throw up and get any worse and um, some people have like flare-ups from uh, eating chocolate or having coffee or eating food with black pepper. Those three foods all have naturally occurring cannabinoids. And so there are some people who literally can't even touch those foods without getting sick. Um, and secondhand, a lot of people. And there are people who are still using. And uh, I, you know, it's people think I can take a break and I can go back to it. But really, you can't. And so it's just a matter of um, when their symptoms are going to come back. It's not if. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I guess people might refer to it when it comes back. That might be a flare-up for them, too. Uh, you know, some people are all throwing up for, like, two days. Uh, I consider that an episode because I just think it's really severe. But some people are just, like, in the routine of, like, okay, every four months I'm just going to puke for two days, and then I'll go back to using weed. Wow. That sounds like an awful routine. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, you know, because it just... Oh, I'm sorry. You cut out a little bit. But it's really hard. 
Oh, um, since cannabis does so many things for so many people, it's just really hard for them to walk away from it. I could see that, absolutely. Um, and I'm shocked that other cannabinoids, I mean, it makes sense. It just wasn't some an aspect that I had considered. Um, and can you, can you handle cannabis? Is it... Maybe you can explain to me how it differs from sort of like an allergic reaction to something. Um, yeah, I can't even handle the secondhand smoke. It makes me sick. So that I've had to adjust my whole lifestyle because I used to go to events nonstop. And now if, um, if I'm going to be somewhere where there's a lot of smoke, like, honestly, I just can't be there. Um, I have to leave. Uh, some people are able to lightly smoke. Like, maybe hit it, like, you know, once a day or every three days or something like that. Um, I highly, I don't condone anyone, like, continuing to use cannabis if they have this syndrome because you never know how um, how bad your episode or flare-up might actually be uh, when it occurs. Uh, but, yeah, I can't touch it at all. No CBD either. Um, and I did, you know, I was in that cabin doing a lot of research and, a study that I read, it said, um, as we know, that CBD can counteract the effects of THC, but too much CBD can actually um, make things worse. So with my nausea um, and stuff like taking more CBD, that's just bad. But then CBG can counteract that CBD. So there is like the possibility of maybe there is a cannabinoid that could work with this, but I sure as hell am not being a guinea pig anymore and trying to see if CBG could work for me. Mm -hmm. um, I am just like, I, I can't touch any cannabinoid. And um, I have noticed like if I have too much coffee, um, then I can feel nauseous. And I don't think it's the caffeine. I totally think it's the cannabinoids. Wow. That's incredible. And let me process that for a minute. <laughs> Because that's such a huge swath, I mean, of your life that's changed. Oh, yeah. It's gnarly. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm happy all the time because I sure as hell am not. Right. <laughs> and, like, I try to get through it, but it's really hard. It's really hard. Like, especially because I was using it for anxiety and depression as well. And I don't want to turn to um, pharmaceuticals. I, you know, in the past, I had taken Xanax before I found cannabis. And, like, Xanax was great. But also, I understand that that could be addicting, and I don't want to, um, I don't even want to do that. So, I, I just, I don't do anything. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a real conundrum. I also took, I took Lexapro uh, in my youth, and then um, when I discovered, you know, the benefits of cannabis, um, that was off the table, which really changed yeah. my life in a positive way. So, I can imagine the struggle. Alice, what have you found most surprising about this whole experience other than cannabis can make you sick? Um, I think the, uh, the way people react to it, I, I think it's, uh, it's very surprising how negative people are about this syndrome, mm. how mean they are, and how much they don't believe that it's real. Uh, I think that it's a huge problem within the cannabis community that people are choosing to uh, experience and thousands of other people's experience uh, just for the sake of like trying to protect the image of the plant. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, that's definitely the most surprising is just 
people not believing me. Um, and you know, even people that I have known for years whose product I had reviewed in the past and not believing me, that's definitely hurtful. Um, you know, and I'm also just surprised that more research isn't being done. I just read over 40 studies last week, and at the end of each one, it says, but we need more research to be done to have a, you know, exact conclusion. Mm-hmm. And I just every time I'm reading that, I'm like, yep, yeah, okay, we need more research to be done. Who's going to do it? When's someone going to do it? You know, we have this vape pen crisis happening right now. The, the government's reacting to it. People are paying attention to it, but people have died from CHS, and people are suffering with CHS right now. And no one's paying attention to it. And it really blows my brain. It's just like, what's going on here? Why? (laughs) Yeah. And sort of the issue of putting the cart before the horse, you know, um, allowing it to be prescribed medically and recreationally and all these things without giving us the ability to research it properly. Yeah. And some research, like, that people have done on CHS, like, they couldn't get the people that they were like studying to like stay off of cannabis you know <sighs> people they don't want to quit so it was like a lot of these studies they're like we couldn't even do anything past six months because people they they just don't want to quit um so yeah that's another aspect of it it's just finding people even willing to to be studied and to quit but hmm. um yeah, it is. It's just like such a gnarly, gnarly experience, and I really wouldn't wish it on anyone. Just to, the suffering of going through the the episode, and then just like the aftermath of it. Um, you know, it's completely changed my whole life. Like, and uh, as much as I hate it, I feel like it happened to me for a reason. Just that way, there could be a voice to this. Somebody who was already developed in the industry who, uh, you know, I'm kind of relentless, where I'm like, no, you're going to listen to me. You're not going to ignore me. Um, and so I think that's kind of why the universe, like, made it happen to me, um, so that way I could help find a cure for it. Well, it's wonderful that you've had such a positive outlook, considering how terrible the entire thing has been. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and what's something that... What do you most want people to understand about this condition? It's not the end of the world for cannabis. It's just a side effect. And everything in life has potential side effects. So um, I just I want people to know that uh, just because this happens, this doesn't negate all of the positives to cannabis. This is just a potential side effect that can occur. And I, I don't want anyone to live in fear about consumption i just want people to recognize the symptoms if they do occur so that way they don't become as sick as i did that's powerful and i guess lastly is there anything that you learned from all of those studies that maybe you want me to take away from our conversation yeah i i'm still trying to dive in and connect some dots but there are something to do with the blood flow and the temperature of the body is to do with this um so first of all the trpv1 receptor it's the only receptor in our body that is a capsaicin receptor and so it's believed that that it, that receptor is what's being messed with um with dhs and that's why hot baths and capsaicin cream um work for people throwing up it's because those the heat turns that receptor back on um that receptor is in charge of like regulating the digestive system and it's also connected to the brain 
Um, and so I strongly believe the theory that the TRPV1 receptor is getting shut off uh, by too many cannabinoids. And then from what I've read, there's also just like something to do with blood flow and body temperature that has to do with this um, because there are some people who find relief by running a lot mm. um, and there's even a documented case of one patient who ran for 15 hours um, he developed a uh, nasty side effect from that I don't remember the name of it, it starts with an R um, and doctors think that it could be because it's it's doing something with um, body temperature and that the running, it's stopping the throwing up, and it's doing something with the TRPV1 receptor. So it's all its all just, like, very interesting, and I feel like I'm really close to connecting the dots. I feel like I'm very, very close to it. I, it's just like I'm almost there. And I think with just a little bit more research, we can get those dots connected. I'm so thankful that you're doing that and taking the time to help people connect those dots because... I think it's such a busy world and it's hard for people to do the research on everything that maybe they need to on their own. So having an advocate like you in their corner researching and looking into it, I think is probably going to help a lot of people. I hope so. And one thing about the TRPV1 receptor, when I was reading about this, um, it, this receptor was discovered in the 90s. And so all the like initial studies that were done um, were done on rats and or mice and they don't have the same system as we do as far as like throwing up and so the like original studies and all this stuff on on this were all like void they, they couldn't use it because they realized after the fact like oh yeah these these animals don't act like humans completely and so like you know this is like trpv receptors being studied outside of cannabis nothing to do with cannabis and yet they're still lacking information on that part of our body. So it's like, you know, not just cannabis that we're lacking information on. It's just like our body in general, um, there's not enough information on. That's fascinating. I spoke with the Cannabis Nurses Network, and they said the same thing, that many doctors are not even and nurses are not educated on the endocannabinoid system um, at all during medical school. And I thought that was horrifying. I mean, it's an entire system of the body that really is under-researched. It's mind-blowing. It's, it's really mind-blowing, the fact that I know more than some doctors do about the, the body. Mm -hmm. uh, like, yeah, I really, really, really just want doctors everywhere to just know about this so we can just get to the bottom of it. Really, truly. If you enjoyed today's episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Apple iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. You can pick up our most recent issue on Barnes & Noble newsstands or grab a copy for free on canatechtoday.com. That's all for this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks, brought to you by PolyScience. Until next time, stay elevated. 